Are you ready to bounce back better? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. So if I have been asked once, I have been asked a thousand times, what do you do when you still love them? And first of all, I want to talk about what love really means or the difference in love and obsession. Because by the time people get on the phone with me, what they describe is almost an addiction, right? Like, I know he's not good for me, but I can't let him go. I can't stop thinking about him. My whole life revolves around him. And toxic people know how to create these situations. You don't hear me talk about codependency a lot in my work because I think if you were a good, kind, loving, giving, and forgiving to someone who is those things back, people would call you a great girlfriend or a great wife or a great friend or a great person. And because you're with someone toxic, they call you codependent. And I think it's a really great way for love addicted. Um, and I think it's a really great way for to talk the person who's already interested into working on themselves and the person who is not interested in working on themselves to buy with everything again. So you don't hear me use that word a lot, okay? But toxic people use intermittent rewards and grooming to figure out who they can be with. They, intermittent rewards, there's a guy named B.F. Skinner and he did all this work with mice and he realized that if you're putting mice in a lab and they pushed a lever, if you pushed the lever and they got a cookie every time, they would not work as hard as if you push, they push the lever. It's confusing thing to say. If they pushed the lever and got a cookie sometimes. Uh, the mice worked harder when they got the reward sometimes. So they would keep working harder to get that reward. That's what um, slot machines are based on. There's actually companies that have increased employee work habits and stuff within that framework of people work harder if they aren't quite sure what to expect. So they keep wanting that dopamine hit when they get the reward. Now think about that in terms of your toxic relationship. Sometimes it's Mr. You know, Dr. Jekyll. Sometimes it's Mr. Hyde. Sometimes you can make you know chicken for dinner and it's great. Sometimes you make chicken for dinner and it's a disaster. Sometimes you can wear a blue shirt. Sometimes you're in trouble for wearing a blue shirt. Okay. The what happens keeps changing. So you never know what to expect, but you want that reward. You want that smile. You want that kind word. You want them to say they can't live without you. You want them to say they need you. You want them to say, I love you. You want them to hold you. Okay. It's also why sex is um, sometimes very exciting with a toxic person. That's the only time you feel connected to them. You keep going after that connection. Okay. And that can be a really dangerous thing and sex can really be used against you in that. And that's why sex with other guys may seem boring because it's healthy. <laughs> and sex with the toxic person is feeding your reward system, just like a video game. Okay. So that trains you to keep working hard in the relationship and it trains your brain to think about how to work harder to please them. They also use grooming. They see what they can get away with early on. They see how strong your boundaries are. They see if you have expectations or if you're willing to lower them. They see if you will let them meet your kids early, stay overnight early, move in with them. They see if you'll pay their bill. They'll see whatever it is. They will see in the beginning, if you look back in the beginning, you can see, oh my gosh, they were seeing if I would do anything about it. They were seeing if I would have a boundary. They were seeing if I would say something. They were seeing um, what my reaction would be when they got mad. They were seeing if they could get mad and I would apologize. 
So you have two things working against you. One, you're grooming. They're grooming you. And when they groom you, they are going to use your best pieces against you. Your good, kind, loving, giving, forgiving pieces, okay? And they'll say it. I, what? I thought What kind? I thought you weren't selfish. You are selfish. What kind of person would do this? You're, and you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not selfish. I'm not selfish. And you change, you lower the boundary or change the expectation so they don't think you're selfish. Or, you know, you're the controlling one. Or you have trust issues. Or you're too sensitive. And all those things are used to groom you to see what they can get away with. And when they go through this process, your brain focuses so much of its energy on trying to receive pleasure from them rather than pain, for them to be happy with you rather than angry. So your brain starts to think about what they want more than your brain is able to think about what you want, what your dreams are, what your goals are, what your future is. Same thing with a toxic parent. I'm talking about this in the context of a romantic relationship because several of you asked about for that video. The same thing with parents. Same thing. You don't learn how to become your own person because you're worried about becoming the person uh, they want you to be. Okay? And with a relationship, you don't even know what you like anymore. It's like the runaway bride and she didn't know how she ate her eggs because it changed with every person she was with. Toxic people know this and they, you call it flexible. They call it trainable. You call it flexible, they call it trainable. I called it flexible. I'm not pointing the finger. I called it flexible. And I love to grow. I want to be a better person. So if there's something about me that's not, you know, a good person, a good Christian, then I want to be a better person. So I'm going to keep trying. And they're just trying to make me better, okay? Not true. I was getting trained. High chance you are getting trained, especially if it ended badly, okay? So the training continues because they become this huge radio station in our head, right? And the only song we can play is their song. And so then you leave the relationship and you're like, oh, I can't leave because I love him. But healthy love, people don't describe it that way. Even my friend, she said, you know, when you're with Ben, does it fall off the table, you know, crazy sliding down a mountain love, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, no. And I would never want to be that out of control again. Now, it's passionate, it's fun, it's friendly, it's sexy, it's not boring in any way. It's adventurous, but it's not insane. And our movies and our media and all these things, that's what they say love is, is this fall off the cliff feeling where I can't, um, I can't help falling in love with you, right? Uh, and we think that's like the, uh, our, we don't have a choice. And we see in the media so much unhealthy love depicted. And we think it's normal. The fights are normal and the volatility is normal and the roller coasters become normal and the criticisms become normal. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And now people, you know, when we were getting married and they asked about Ben and they said, you know, what do you like about him? I said, he's just so nice to me. And I had someone I respect pretty well. And she said, you never say you're in love with him. You say that he's so nice to you. And I, I, I probably make it sound boring and none of my, <laughs> it's not boring at all. We have such a good time. It is not stale or uh, prudish in any way. It's really not. Maybe I'll do another live on that later. Um, but it's not chaotic. It's not chaos. It's not control. It's not controlling. It's not jealous. It's not um, games of what's going to happen this day and what's going to happen this day. It is predictable and it's safe. And I just encourage you when you say, but I'm still in love with him. I want you to get really clear on what that means. Because um, I think when you get a little farther along your path of healing, it's like, you know, I can't live without it. It's like my, you know, when you say things like I can't live without it, it's like my drug. 
that's not love. It's an addiction. And it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for any little babies watching. It's not healthy for your friends. It's not healthy for your career. It's not because, you know, you'll do anything to get that next hit, right? And um, one of the things with my work that's always so interesting is it's like, oh, I expected when I got in your program, it would be more about studying personality disorders or more about studying narcissism or more studying. And I said, no, you've studied him enough. How can you learn to study yourself? Who are you? Who do you want to be? What future do you want to have? That's the basis of all my work. You can get a, you can get a book on toxic people. Uh, I can recommend you some. Uh, Lundy Bancroft's Why Does He Do That? Inside the Minds of Angry and Controlling Men is a book that every female in the entire world should read. Um, and the Five Types of People Who Can Ruin Your Life by Billy Eddy is also incredibly useful. You know, um, there's all kinds of great books out there on toxic people. There's not a lot out there about how to be you after a toxic person, how to break that addiction, how to build your life, how to build your dreams, build your future in a way that you're proud of, in a way that you look in the mirror and you say, I am excited to be me. And I am a me, even if I'm not an us. And that is the way to get the us. That is the way to get a healthy future um, and a healthy partner because neediness isn't sexy. So the more you need a partner, the more vulnerable you are to another toxic relationship because they can use that need against you. They can use your kindness against you. They can train you just like a little rat. So we talked about the, the beginning of this video with BF Skinner. Um, and I want to keep you safe. And I want you to really start thinking about what I want to live without Ben. Of course not. He's my best friend. He's my best friend. He knows everything about me. I would never want to live without him. But could I? Yeah, I could. Just like I could live without, you know, anything. You know, when it, you really are only stuck with yourself from birth to death. There's all kinds of things right now in our world. There's all kinds of things changing. But you are forever stuck with you. So investing in you, investing that time and energy into figuring out who that you is, is the most stable piece of your future. And that is the most stable place you want to um, come from and bring into a new relationship that is based on love, not obsession or addiction. Hope that helps. Bye. Hello, wonderful. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you found something that will either help you get past your past get real about your present, or get serious about your future. And hopefully it's all 30. If you're not already in my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship, consider this your invitation. There are tons of lives, tons of tips and tricks to help you bounce back better. Have a great day.